Welcome to episode one of the Next Gen Leafs podcast. I'm Aaron Greenfield. And this is Josh Feintuck. And this will be a show about two diehard Leafs fans breaking down past games, uh, discussing line combinations, discussing the team's uh, overall outlook, how, how we think they'll do this season, how... Everything and anything Leafs. <laughs> Everything and anything Leafs, because there aren't enough Leafs podcasts out there for <laughs> exactly. diehard Leafs fans. Can never get enough content. Nope. So we will be with you throughout our journey back to the Cup. It's been a long, long journey since 1967, but we'll get there and we'll get there together. Um, thank you so much for tuning in today, and we really appreciate you listening. Yeah, so I just wanted to start off, Josh, um, I guess to introduce ourselves so the listeners know a little bit about us. Sure. Um, so I'm Aaron. I'm 25 years old. Uh, I'm a Ryerson grad. I studied media production. Uh, I'm a big Leafs fan ever since I was about six or seven years old. Um, one of my earliest Leafs memories is the uh, conference final series against the Carolina Hurricanes, which unfortunately the Leafs did not advance in. Um, <laughs> I remember Sundin tying that game up late in the third, and only to lose in oh overtime. My. Little did we know those were our last playoff memories. Exactly. Uh, how about yourself? Where did you, uh, when did you first start following the team? Yeah, so for me, again, my name is Josh. Uh, I attended York University and I studied business uh but i've been a leafs fan since i could remember since out the womb um the leafs we've we've been through a lot together uh my earliest memory i would say is sundin scoring his 500th against calgary that's one that just stands out to me overtime from the point bar down slap shot we'll never forget that one I was gonna say they don't. You don't really see slap shots like that as much as you uh, as much as you used to. No, you don't. You remember the Sundin one. You remember the classic Iserman, uh, but you don't see that too much these days anymore. I mean, I think Austin Matthews had one, uh, one or two memorable slap shot goals last season, late. Well, in Robertson games. actually in that last uh, scrimmage game, he had a beauty from the point. Maybe uh, maybe a sign of more things to come down the road. <laughs> I hope so. I mean, the, the cry from Leaf fans for years has been uh, no point shots, uh, you know, on, on power plays. <laughs> Except uh, when they Shoot. do get point. Exactly. When they do get point shots, it's Tyson Berry taking ill-advised uh, point shots and then the puck going or, the other way. Exactly. Um, so, Aaron, tell me. I'm just thinking what give me some of your thoughts on the offseason moves what do you think of what Dubas did over the offseason there were a lot of interesting moves uh some that made a little bit more sense than others mm-hmm. um I'll be honest I didn't see Joe Thornton coming uh I that just, one was I'm still surprised like the TJ Brody signing when it happened, I was like, okay, like that's that makes sense. Like uh-huh. you need a partner for Riley. You need right. somebody to shore up the defense a little bit more. And then mm-hmm. I read there were articles from the Athletic and other uh, reputable sources 
that uh, said that that was the initial uh, trading partner or player targeted for the Nazem Kadri trade. And, wow. Uh, I didn't even hear that one. And Kadri had apparently vetoed the trade because he didn't want to play in Calgary or whatever the story was. Right. So Dubis was scrambling, and the next best option was Tyson Berry. So right, right, all those right. people actually, who, who were upset, that. all those people who were upset that uh, the Leafs got Barry and not some other player like Brody, it wasn't mm-hmm. totally uh, his call, I guess. I mean, well, I guess he we'll did finally it. get, we'll finally get to see what what would have been, I guess. Exactly. I mean, in the end, like you know, Dubas still pulled the trigger on the Barry trade, so you can. You can still criticize it from that aspect uh, mm-hmm. because it didn't fully work out. But I mean, just on a Kirk- side note, looking back yeah. on that trade, oh my, that was that was an awful trade. <laughs> Dubis, he's he's had some really good moves as our GM, but boy, that was a mess. Kadri during the playoffs last year, every goal he scored, it it hurt. It did hurt, but uh, I'll ask you this: um, with the past two playoffs previous where Kadri got into some disciplinary trouble Mm -hmm. did you not see it as a potential issue going into a season following another suspension in the playoffs right uh, so I mean personally those are just so hard to predict right like how can you predict another suspension coming yeah it happened two years in a row but how can you predict a third suspension coming three years in a row? That's, um, I don't know. It just seemed fluky to me. That's why the whole trade, I, you know what Kadri is. He's close to 30 goals a year, um, 60 points. And I just thought we, we over, we, we sold him at his lowest point. Like we, we didn't get enough value for him. Even at the time of the trade, I'm not even saying that now looking back at the time of the trade, I didn't think it was a great trade. We'll see what Kerfoot could do this year, but ooh. Yeah, we we've seen some some uh glimpses of uh success from Kerfoot. I mean he's he developed some chemistry. Uh mm-hmm. playing on the I like wing, that he even. could play all over the lineup. I like his flexibility. Mm-hmm. Now back with back to Kadri, uh, I'll ask uh-huh. you this also. Um his cap hit was, I believe, four point two million per season i believe yeah yeah it was 4.2 now i think kerfoot's what like a million less than that or he's three and a half yeah he's three three and a half yep do you think the leafs would have run into any sort of cap issues had they not made that trade and kept kadri because as we've seen with this offseason you know they they've spent a little bit of money here and there on some other uh, right. I guess low risk, potential high reward players, right. which they may not have been able to do had they had that extra uh, money on Kadri's cap hit. Right. Um, I mean, the three center thing was always a a tough thing to see working for a long time, especially with the quality of our top two centers and how much they're getting paid. So, I get where you're coming from there. Um, they definitely would have had to make some other trades to, to clear some more cap space. But again, you said the difference between him and Kerfoot's a million. So clearing up a million dollars in cap usually isn't too hard to find. 
Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I, I still, when I watch Kadri this year, it's going to hurt me again. He was one of my favorites. But back to the whole Jumbo Joe thing, um, and this is just a personal thing, I've been the biggest fan of Joe Thornton my whole life, from Boston to San Jose. Um, I even met him one time, got his autograph on a picture. He was such a nice guy. Always dreamed about him as a kid playing in Toronto and for it to actually be happening this year. Man, my mind is blown. I can't wait to see what he can do. It's pretty surreal. Like last night in prepping for the show, I actually uh, went on YouTube, Googled, uh, Googled. I went on YouTube and watched some of his highlights. Uh-huh. And I feel like there were there were times that I like I guess I didn't realize how dominant a player he was. I mean, I always knew. Like I mean, he won the MVP. He was always a uh-huh. uh, he always got a lot of points every year. He was a great playmaker, sure, but just in terms of oh, like he... his skating ability and like he he I I don't want to make the comparison to Austin Matthews because I think they're slightly different players. Uh-huh. But I see some Matthews in the way he kind of controls the ice. He's heavy he on the puck. puck. Heavy on the puck, big body, can box people out. Which is exactly they, what you want in a player. Mm-hmm. I mean, he again, he's not and the, the leader of this team. He's a complimentary piece who can provide leadership. But as a complimentary piece, somebody who's who knows the league and has torn up the league for 15 years plus, mm-hmm. I mean, that's mm-hmm. what a piece to add. And the one thing we've seen consistently from him and even into his 40s now is that passing ability did not drop off for him. He he can still dish the puck with the best of them, even if the skating did slow down a little. And this will be a great transition to our next segment of breaking down the lines and our thoughts on him on the first line. I, I think him being able to put the puck in the right place for uh, Matthews and Marner, that that'll be um that'll be big for sure so um, i guess yeah, we can we can transition into the to, into the lines now and give our thoughts on what are your thoughts on joe on the first line because when i saw that i definitely had quite a few thoughts that i'll share yeah i think it's pretty funny because i mean you know they make they make the signing of thornton they make the signing of simmons they sign some of these other guys and you see all the on twitter all the armchair gms making their picks of line combos Mm -hmm. i don't think Uh a single person i saw make a prediction for the lines put thornton on the top line so i think that was kind of out of left field move which i like i mean why be predictable you know that one was a shocker to me like keith is brought was brought in to provide a different perspective in coaching some like you know he's he's mixed the lines up so many times in game. I think you I need like somebody to, with a forward thinking uh, mindset to uh-huh. do something as bold as that. And how do you think yeah, the minutes will work though? For sure, I, I that's what I was gonna get to next. I mean, everyone's speculating he's not gonna play every shift, and we even saw that in the scrimmage game, which for some reason was televised. Um, He's not going to play every shift on the top line, which is fine. He doesn't have to. I think there will right. be times where either after a power play or after uh, either, I don't know if it's a bad shift or a bad series of shifts where you need a little bit of momentum, uh, a little bit of a spark. I could see mm-hmm. Keith loading up the top line with uh, what he did last year with Matthews, Marner, 
and Tavares or right. some other combination, maybe even throw Hyman in there for some energy. Yeah, I could definitely see Hyman slotting up and taking some of those minutes off of Joe. Because mm-hmm. Joe, I don't see playing more than 15 minutes max. max. And Matthews, Matthews and Marner, you know, they're playing between 18 and 21 a night. So they're mm-hmm. going to have to either bring up Hyman, Mikheyev. Someone's going to have to come up and take some. I think Joe will be op- uh, implemented in the offensive zone. Um, mostly, and especially because he's getting power play time too, so that that shaves off some minutes. And the fact that the Leafs focused in the offseason on um, adding more depth in their bottom six, I think mm-hmm. those that bo- those bo- the bottom six like um, bottom two lines, I could see getting more ice time than you might have seen in past seasons. Just to, well, I-, I mean. You obviously don't want it to be too balanced where you're taking ice time away from your star players. But mm. I think, especially in a shortened season where you're playing like every other night, I think right. it would be beneficial to kind of even the ice time out a little bit where you uh-huh. can. Um, and then obviously load up the top two lines when you need a goal or when you need some energy. Yeah, so I actually just read today on The Athletic that um, Keith tried today in practice the loaded up line again just to see how it how it goes and he said that he plans to implement it at times this year when necessary he he also um ran a one uh, power play unit today with all the big boys on it and then the second power play unit was comprised of Brody Spezza Simmons Thornton and Hyman so oh that first power play sounds sounds deadly um and could be killer if he implements them at the right time I think it's pretty funny how every day on Twitter there has to be a meltdown, Leaf-related. <laughs> I mean, there's a meltdown regardless, but specifically Leafs-related. Oh, for um, sure. The other day when uh, some of the practice lines were released of the power play. Pandemonium. Pandemonium. I mean, <laughs> first of all, this is like their first practice in a year. <laughs> For some of these players like and already changes have cool been made. it <laughs> just a little bit like let's not let's even t- take a breath not even a week later changes have been made exactly i think that's the problem with leafs twitter it's great i love the passion the i love reading amazing. the different opinions uh mm-hmm. i i'll admit it i love the arguments as well <laughs> but take take part in a few here and there uh here and there you know you gotta <laughs> Let, get your voice heard, you know. But of course, of course. I think it's it's insane how people were freaking out that Tavares is on the second power play with Nylander, and how are oh. they gonna even out the ice time? Mike Babcock tried that, and it didn't Tavares work. Tavares is getting paid eleven million to play on the second power play. Uh oh. I think it's better that they're practicing these different options because, I mean, yeah, you don't we'll wanna, dive into you it don't a little wanna, more. You don't want to, um, like, speak it into existence, but first of all, if there's an injury, mm-hmm. you already have these guys with some experience playing with some different players. And right. even if there's not an injury, I mean, why not mix it up once in a while? You don't want to be That's too what predictable. people don't realize. Like, with this schedule this year, there are going to be injuries galore, and that's not even including COVID cases, which from the NFL season, if we're... Judging based off what happened there, uh, we should expect 
quite a few throughout the season. So we're going to need every extra who's there. Um, people who are freaking out about Dermot slotting in as the seventh defenseman to open camp, which has already changed, by the way, because Miko Lettinen, according to Keith, did not look too hot um, in that scrimmage game and didn't look too ready for NHL games yet. Um, so, yeah, everyone just needs to take a breath. Um, opening night's in two nights. We'll get through it together. And um, we'll go from there. I'm sure Keith will make adjustments whenever he needs to. Uh, we'll freak out <laughs> as usual whenever we need to. And uh, that's the, the life of a Leafs man. Exactly. One more question I have for you about sure. the uh, some of the changes that the Leafs made. And this has always been a hot-button issue for Leaf fans and Leafs Twitter especially. So they added guys like Wayne Simmons, uh, Zach Bogosian, and others uh, Mm -hmm. for a little bit more of that sandpaper, that grit. Where do you see this Leafs team being? Because, I mean, you can add one or two players that have some grit. That doesn't mean you're a gritty team or a hard-to-play-against team. How do you Mm -hmm. see that shaking out this year? Do you think that those... You're saying in terms of the impact the they'll make, or you're saying in terms the of the impact how... and the overall way this team plays, will they actually be harder to play against? I mean, Tampa Bay won the cup because they added a couple uh, gritty pieces, but at the end of the day, they weren't the grittiest team. Right. So individually, I guess I'll break them down a little bit. Um, Wayne Simmons, I've been a big fan of also for a long time. Toronto boy, always hoped he would come home. And that was another one when I saw him signed. I was just very giddy, very happy to see him come play at home. Um, but I, I think his game has definitely dropped off in the last three years. Uh, we saw in, in Buffalo things didn't go too well for him and in his other stints. Um, he just hasn't been producing the same goals he was producing in Philly. But... Um, I do really like that line, the last line of Spezza, Simmons, and Barabanov. I think Simmons could provide that physicality element we were missing on that line last year. Um, he's def- Just by looking at him, he's an intimidating dude. So I think him, Bogosian, will help in terms of the physicality. Will it take us to the next round and propel us? Ooh, that one's tough to say. Um Personally, I like it. I think it will make enough of an impact to propel us to the next round or to the next stage, but oh, it it's going to be a wait and see. It's a project. I like the moves, though, personally, that Dubas made. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess one more topic uh, that we can cover about the lineup before we kind of close things off here. Sure. Uh, goaltending. Now, yes. Freddie Anderson has been, uh, he's had his ups and downs. He's mm-hmm. uh, proved at times he could be a potential Vezina candidate, shall we say. Uh, he was season, actually yeah. fourth in Vezina voting just a couple years ago. Most people don't even know. I remember that. I remember he had a great year. But of course, his uh, Achilles heel is playoffs. playoffs he's had yeah. mixed success mostly lack of success in the playoffs mm-hmm. how do you see frederick anderson in a contract year playing with 
Jack Campbell potentially breathing down his neck. So first of all, I'm super curious to see how the games get split between Campbell and Freddy. Um, I see it being a 80-20 split. I don't know. What do you think? I think it might even be... uh... Because I see them wanting to... 65-35. Yeah, I see them wanting to get a look at Campbell. I really, really do not think there's a chance that they re-sign Freddy, even if he has a Vesna caliber year. Um, Obviously, if he wins the cup, things are different, but that's a big if. Um, But I see him having a really good year in a contract year. I I think Freddy uh, will put it together. Hopefully not have the October heebie-jeebies this year because uh, we're not getting any of that. I don't even think you can afford to. I mean, this kind of transitions (laughs) nicely to how we think the Leafs will do this season. I mean, if if the Leafs or if Freddy has a a rough start, even like the first month, that could be the season right there. A hundred percent. I... I love that we have goalie depth this year, that we added Dell and Hutchinson in the pipeline because last year that definitely screwed us and cost us some games. But hopefully we don't even have to get there and Freddie stays healthy, Jack Campbell can stay healthy. Because I really I think if Freddie can stay healthy, he can have a big bounce back here this year. Absolutely. In a, con- in a contract year, Europeans, they, <laughs> they turn it up. <laughs> So, so where do you see the Leafs finishing? Personally, I don't think they're winning the division. No, think, where do you see them? I think there's too many competitive teams, and I think Calgary is the team nobody is talking about that's going Ooh, to Ooh, that's a bold pick. That's a bold pick. I think adding Jacob Markstrom is huge. I think goaltending has been one of that's the big things. That's a big loss that for is, Vancouver. Oh, it's, it's going to kill them. I don't think Vancouver... Is a like Demko team. showed out in the playoffs, but he doesn't have a lot. He, Markstrom won them games last year. Like I have friends who are Vancouver fans, and they are worried for this season. Mm-hmm. I mean, Holtby, like, yeah, there's some veteran presence there, but he's had some ups and downs recently. I mean, I don't think you can count on him. And I Mostly don't think the downs Canucks recently, actually. Yeah, I don't think the Canucks are necessarily banking on him to be in the net as the start of the whole year either. I think this is strictly a transition for, um, what's his name? <laughs> Sorry, Demko, my bad. Yeah, no worries. Uh, for Demko, um, and he can kind of watch Holtby, learn from Holtby, and right. by next well, season, that's what it, the, Washington that, the was, be his. I thought the Washington situation was very similar in terms of what they were trying to do. Uh, with Samsonov, and um, it's unfortunate what happened to Lungfist. There's some scary stuff happening in the league right now with Lungfist, Taves. Um, yeah, we ho- hope they're okay. I honestly can't believe that um, Chris Letang is still playing. <laughs> Letang had like a heart issue not that long ago, and he's still playing. Or like a stroke or something like oh, that. Oh, right, right, right. I thought you meant just in terms of you haven't heard his name in a while. No, no. Like, like he, he had okay. some serious health issues, and he's... Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. People are still expecting him to be one of the top point producers for defensemen. And like, how, does, how do you do that? <laughs> yeah, crazy. Freak crazy. of na- Athletes, some of them are uh, freaks of nature. Absolutely. 
So, um, so, so back to your you, question. Yeah, yeah. Where do you see them? Uh, where do you see the Leafs finishing? So, ooh. So I've been thinking about this one. I was looking last night at the division. I think, and again, I this is a bold prediction, but I see them taking this division. I do see them taking this division. Um, I think Freddie will turn it up during the contract year. I think Austin um, showed he was on another level next year with that goal-scoring prowess. Um, and all the kids on the team are older now. Nylander, Marner, uh, I read a nice article um, from Jonas Siegel explaining how Marner really put the work in this offseason, is committed to having a bounce-back year, even though he had was on pace for 90-something points last year, which is funny that people are saying he had a down year. Um, so, yeah, I, I think with the kids stepping up, with Freddie having um, an amazing contract year, with Keith having a full year to implement his system, um, the additions of Brody, Bogosian being big on the back end, especially Brody, like we didn't touch too much on that, but Brody finally getting a partner for Riley, I'm excited as hell. He's deserved that for so long, um, playing with Pylon A and Pylon B. <laughs> so uh, I'm very excited to see what Brody does, although the Gardner comparisons do scare me a little bit. But we'll um, we'll quiet those down for now. But overall, we'll, we'll yeah. We'll let Riley uh, carry the puck out uh, instead of, <laughs> instead of Brody. <laughs> exactly. I see them coming first in the division. Um, playoffs... Ooh, it's a little soon to predict right now. I, I want to see how the season plays out first. Um, but obviously I'm optimistic that they could win the cup. How great would it be if we get a Montreal-Toronto first-round series? Oh my gosh, that would I be don't incredible. Th- I don't know if I could handle that. But wouldn't it be the most Leafs thing for them to win this year? Wouldn't it? Uh, it's never a Leafs thing if they win something. But, but like 2020, like the Browns won a playoff game last night. This year has been, <laughs> this year has been something. So that is that's honestly making me even more optimistic. It sounds crazy, but I think it would have been more. Has been, yeah, it would have been more been of a, a Leafs, weird year. It would have been more of a Leafs thing if they won last year in the bubble and no one could celebrate. Uh huh. But the fact I don't know. I this year, eh, it's it's already sort of different than the bubble series because i mean they're all playing in their usual arenas yeah there's still no fans but right i don't know i i think yeah you're right you you're on to something there in terms of it being very uh different and a little bit lacking of some of the excitement because nobody mm-hmm. can be in the building but mm-hmm. We but speaking of, excite, speaking of excitement, though, that division is, it's going to oh, be it's exciting. Gonna be so much fun. Every Watching game. Watching McDavid and Matthews go at it nine, ten times this season. But I you know what that wait. means, too. It means hmm. every loss is going to be more crushing. <laughs> oh, because, for sure. Because every two points you give away is somebody else getting two points on you. That's why they're saying the beginning of the season is going to be huge to get off on the right momentum swing. I hope Freddie Anderson is listening. <laughs> it's not October, Freddie. I promise. Well, it's January. We'll see about that. I, I hope you're right. 
Uh, um, so so we have like a, a little bit of a fun segment to end this off. Uh, I guess you can you can lead us off here. Yeah, so I actually I mentioned the idea to Aaron right before we started recording, but I didn't give him too many hints as to what this is. I was going to do just a little new faces, new places. It has nothing to do with the Leafs. Uh, this is more just general hockey. Um, I was going to ask him just some names from a list of free agents that sign in the offseason and see if he can guess where they signed. Maybe if, if bonus points, he can guess how much they signed for, how many years. Um, does that sound good to you, Aaron? That sounds great. Let's let's awesome. fire it up. Let's do it. Um, okay, first name. We got Connor Sheary. Former Penguin. Where is he at? Where did he go? Former Buffalo Sabre as well. Ooh. Bet you didn't remember that. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I'm gonna um, be honest with you. Is it Washington? Ding 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 ding. Correct. I I don't know how much he signed for. Seven hundred? Um I believe it says he signed for three million. This might wow. be his Wow. Yeah. Ooh, that's pricey. Yeah, You're he probably signed banking for banking on him playing with what, uh Oh no 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 no. I I think that yeah that was sorry, my bad that was his last year cap hit he signed mm-hmm. for seven hundred thirty five thousand mm-hmm. that makes that makes more that sense. makes a lot more sense yeah um okay on to the next name Anthony Duclair that's the Florida Panthers also what league men as well right seven hundred ding 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 damn you're good at this game you came prepared came very prepared um. Interesting. I saw that he was actually playing up on the first line with Huberdeau and Barkov. So curious to see if Duclair could have a bounce back in in Florida. He he looked pretty good in Ottawa last year. Yeah, I mean that type of player, you gotta play him in uh, a scoring role. Otherwise, he he's not gonna produce, right? So mm-hmm. that'll be very intriguing because Florida could be uh, a Florida dark horse to make the Florida is a team I'm very interested to see how they do this year sergey Bobrovsky, will he have one of those up years will he have one of those down years i think this year if it's in uh the correct order usually goes up down up down and yeah last he's year due a for a vesna so he, he's, he's <laughs> due for one of those vesnas i might have to take him in my fantasy hockey draft tomorrow all right let's go for the last one alex galchenyuk where is the journeyman now ottawa wow you nailed, nailed it. it three for three nailed it. nailed it uh i don't have the contract details here <laughs> <laughs> but three for three impressive all right uh let me see if i can find one for you because i'm curious now okay let, let me find one here that uh it's got to be a player well, that that uh, everyone actually knows so. while you're looking for that um did you see the Corey perry news from today who was put on he was put on waivers by Montreal. That was surprising. Yeah, that project didn't last very long, did it? No. And people were saying we should have signed him over Simmons because <laughs> they were the same player, essentially. Yeah, I think Simmons has a bit more mileage. All right, I've got a player for you. A All little right. bit of an obscure player, but Lee fans will know him well. Josh Ooh. Levo. Oh, man. So last I know, he was playing in Vancouver. Correct. Um, wasn't he also, or was he signed by, did he play for them, or was he signed by Calgary? That's correct. Oh, 
I knew. Yeah. I remember. I remember the North him and Mark, Division winning him and Calgary Flames. <laughs> I remember him and Markstrom went over together. Yeah. So that that is definitely the team to watch in my. That book, is a at bold. Least. That is a bold prediction. I am. But I mean, so excited almost for this all of those teams in that North Division have a chance. Even Montreal. Even the Jets. Calgary, in my opinion, they they're gonna need Goudreau to come back to life this year if they want a chance at first place. Mm-hmm. It's a bit of a weird team, but I mean, they do have a strong defense, strong oh, very goalie strong. now, and it's all about that offense uh, showing was it, up. Did did they sign Tanev? Who signed Tanev? Yeah, it was Calgary. It was Calgary, right? So they took yeah. Markstrom, Tanev, and Levo. Wow, so I'm sure Canucks fans much, love that. <laughs> yeah, they should they should be called the Calgary Canucks at this point. Yeah, that, I mean, that first game between the two, that'll be fun to watch. Oh my gosh, they already had all that bad blood. It's going to be amazing. I cannot wait. Yeah, so the season starts for the Leafs uh, Wednesday night against Woo! the Montreal Canadiens. Cannot wait. Thank you guys so much for joining. We really appreciate it. And if you would like to give us a follow on our new Twitter or Instagram, the handle is at NextGenLeafsPod. And again, thank you so much for listening, and we'll be back at you soon. Go Leafs!